Hi, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're located. As you all know, one of my focus is family conflict. When I talk about mediation, when I talk about conflict resolution, it's what I specialize in is family dynamics and conflict. And I know that a lot of family conflict can arise from unresolved hurt and trauma from our own childhood. And that's why I'm so excited to have with me today, Rosemary Clark. I'm gonna give you a little bit of an introduction to her and then she'll join in and uh, tell us a little bit about herself as well. And then I'm gonna ask her a, a very thought provoking question, but one that I think is gonna be so helpful to all of the parents out there. A little bit about Rosemary. After burning out at work in therapy, she learned that she had a highly abusive childhood. Her need to push herself so hard was rooted in trying to earn something that seemed out of reach her whole life, feeling her parents' love. When Rose became a mom herself, it magnified her insecurities and started triggering unshed tears and unexpressed anger. She felt she had two choices, fall into the abyss of repeating what her parents had done or learn completely new ways of relating. Rose will be forever grateful that she stumbled upon language of listening, a parenting model that not only allowed her to become the mom she always wanted, but the mom that she's going to be, the mom that she wants to be to her children. And it allows her to reparent herself as well. Now as an authorized language of listening coach, she specializes in helping moms who had difficult childhoods and gets them to a place where they love the way that they parent. Rose, I am I'm so excited and grateful to have you on my podcast today because I think a lot of hurt and a lot of conflict that we experience in family dynamics, whether it's with your spouse or whether it's with your children, really does come from what you saw as a child, your experiences, how you were taught, how you were disciplined, how you were loved, and did you feel any of those? And I just think that what you teach is so amazing. Can you tell us just a little bit about yourself before we dig into the question for today? Oh, you want to hear more about me? Sure. Yes. Well, first I'll say thanks so much for letting me be here. You know, I love, I love just really, um, you know, doing what I can to help people kind of overcome, you know, the hurt that they experienced and perhaps, you know, to help them uh, not even have to experience that pain in the first place. And um, so a little bit of something about me Well, I live in Nova Scotia, Canada, and uh, I'm married to my best friend, Steve, and we have two little girls and we're hoping to move to Ontario soon. Um, the pandemic has slowed us down, but that's what we're hoping to do. And my husband just uh, finished his master's degree. So he's now a therapist. He's a counselor. And I uh, and I work as a parenting coach, an authorized language of listening parenting coach at my um, business called Love the Way You Parent. That's great. I, I love uh, hearing more about our guests, kind of your day to day, and then also just kind of your just so you know, my, my farthest guest so far from myself, ah. as you know, I, I'm located in California. Um, and we had talked a little bit about this earlier today. You know, what can we give our audience today that's something that's novel, something that possibly they haven't thought about, but something that's really intentional, something that's really going to help them become the parents that they want to be? Because 
sometimes we have the best intentions and parents and we don't even realize that we are replicating what we saw modeled to us. And when we do realize that it's a little bit of a shock and we feel a little bit of that parent guilt, right? Because, oh my gosh, why, why am I doing something that I hated when it was done to me? And so the question I have for you is if, if you could discuss building connections with your children as you navigate your own stress. We've all experienced so much stress in the past few years um, because of COVID and turmoil, um, just, you know, everything going on outside of our own homes. And now we have our, our own parent guilt, as I mentioned, within our own homes as well, because of the conflict that might be arising because of our own trauma, our own hurts. And so if you have just, you know, just simple tips that the audience can follow, I think that would be really helpful and really beneficial to everyone listening. Yeah, I absolutely do. I'm excited to talk about, um, I'm excited to talk about stress and parenting <laughs> for sure and how to handle it. And then, yeah, how to connect with people when you, you know, when you are stressed, because I mean, that's the whole, the whole piece of stress or more deeply the piece of when we slip into that stress response called fight or flight, we pretty much lose our ability to connect with others. And, um, and so it's, it's just that kind of idea of like, how can we be building regular connections? And, you know, it is a very difficult thing to do when we're in fight or flight. And so the first piece that you want to do there is to really be able to connect with yourself. But what I would like to share with your listeners today is something that I, uh, that I work with, um, well, teach to my clients and I, and, and I offer this uh, information on how to do this as well. And what it's called is mini power playtimes. These are 15 minute playtimes you can do with your child. And I learned these from uh, language of listening, the model that I teach, the parenting model. And that parenting model is based on positive psychology, transformative coaching, and play therapy. And so I don't teach how to do play therapy. I'm not a play therapist, but I teach people how to do therapeutic play with their kids. And it's therapeutic for the child and it's therapeutic for the parent. And like I say, all you need is 15 minutes. And the other two things that you need is the timer because it really is only 15 minutes, really, really. And sometimes that's a real relief for parents because I think especially when we're stressed, especially when we're busy, when you feel all the weight of being an adult and being a parent and being responsible for other people, um, our time can really feel limited. And, and especially um, for me, I find, you know, that I can feel kind of antsy when I'm spending time with my kids, even as a parenting coach, you know, um, struggles in life don't go away. It's just having the tools, you know, to deal with them. Um, so having a timer and having uh, two or more containers of, of Play-Doh are, the, are the, the tools that I ask you to have to have this time with your kids. And what you do during that time is um, you really focus in on them and kids feel so connected when you, when you use these three tools with them. Um, that are the three tools I'm going to explain to you here. And um, the playtimes are best for kids aged two to 10, just to, just to let your listeners know that if your kids are between the age of two to 10, those are the ages where the playtimes work the best. Although, you know, some one-year-olds could do fairly well with them and, and even kids older than 10. Uh, and for kids older than 10, you know, maybe you just want to look at a different medium. Maybe you wouldn't use Play-Doh. Maybe you would use Lego, or maybe you would even play video games with your, with your kids. I've had um, I've worked with moms who had teenagers and they played video games with their kids for their, for their mini, their mini power play times. And so what you want to do with the play times, the first thing you want to do is of course, you want to make sure you have your timer and your play-doh, and then you want to schedule specific times. Usually I recommend people do these play times twice a week. You could do it once a week too. That would be fine. But I recommend usually twice a week. 
Um, and you want to really schedule those in like a doctor's appointment. You want to make sure that both you and your child can depend on those times, especially when your child wants to know when they're going to have a chance to have some really good one-on-one -on -one time with you. Then you can just look at your schedule book and go, oh, look, Thursday morning after breakfast, we've got a mini power play time scheduled. And that's so, so important because children really need to, you know, when they're asking for something, they really need to kind of know when they can have it, you know, if it's a possibility for them to have that thing. And um, so having that really solid time they know they can depend on really keeps quite a bit of peace for them um, and for and for you. And so the way that playtimes work is um, the main the main thing that we do during the playtimes is we use the first tool from language of listening called say what you see. Now, say what you see is very simply validation. It's it's watching your child. It's really paying attention to them. So during the playtimes, you make sure that you're always kind of your whole, even your body is directed at the child. And you would do the playtimes, um, you know, either sitting at, at a, on the floor at a coffee table or sitting at your dining room table or sitting on the floor with like a sheet of plastic. And um, you're going to make sure that the Play-Doh stays on either the table or the sheet of plastic. So this is one of the boundaries you hold during the playtime. And the playtimes actually do help a lot with, with boundaries and holding boundaries calmly with your kids and seeing how calm your kids actually are um, when, when you hold boundaries too. Having both of you having an experience of how calm they can be um, and how easy boundaries can feel. So yeah, you literally sit down, you set the timer for 15 minutes, you sit down with your child and you almost become a sportscaster. So you use this tool, say what you see. And when you're using say what you see, you reflect back to the child, anything you see them saying, doing, thinking, or feeling. Uh, and, and yeah, you just, you just talk about it and you always try to start with the word you. And a lot of what you're wanting to do during the playtime is focus on the child's experience. So, you know, you're, you're squeezing it. It feels soft in your hands. You know, you're poking your finger into it. You're rolling it around um, on the table. You know, you chose the blue color. Anything that you can think of um, that, that you're literally seeing happen in front of you. And, you know, it's a way of validating the child. It's a way of validating their choices. And it's just getting them to know that you see them that you really, really, that you really see them. And once you're really feeling very confident with that tool, that say what you see tool, you can move into the next tool, which is the strengths tool. So in language of listening, we use strengths instead of praise because strengths get the, gets the child's belief about themselves rooted in them and in the proof of what they're able to do uh, and what they are doing. When we use praise with our kids, you know, and that could include phrases like good girl, good boy, I'm so proud of you. That really gets the child's self-belief rooted outside of themselves, you know, gets their belief in themselves rooted in other people's opinions. And this can start to cause some, some issues for them. And so with the strengths tool, um, you know, it, you can you can choose a strength you want to point out in your child during the playtime. Um, or you can just kind of keep an open mind about it, but you, you say what you see first, you know, so let's say the Play-Doh falls on the floor, because this is one of the rules that we, um, that we keep to with, in language of listening. Let's say some Play-Doh falls on the floor and we hold the boundary simply by saying, you know, there's Play-Doh on the floor and hopefully the child will scoop it up. Most cases they will, as soon as you just let them know this, there's Play-Doh on the floor, you know, they'll, they'll scoop it up. And um, then you can move into a strength because you've seen behavior you like. Anytime we see behavior we like, we'll, we'll bring in a strength. And so you pick the Play-Doh up off the floor, that shows, and there could be 
a hundred different strengths you could use at this time. And I'll, I'll note some of them that shows, you know, how to follow the rules that shows you're responsible that shows, you know, how to keep the Play-Doh clean, you know, that shows, you know, how to keep the floor clean. Uh, that shows you're a good listener. Like there's all sorts of um, strengths that you could use in that moment. And using the strengths tool is really powerful because it hardwires the child's brain in a very beautiful way. And they start to believe these things about themselves. Language of listening tells us that children act according to who they believe they are. And so when we get their belief about themselves rooted inside of them, you know, according to these strengths that we see, which are proven by the things that they do and say, you know, it becomes very, very, very powerful. So that's the second tool that we use during the play times. And then the third tool um, that we use that's from language of listening, it's called can do's. And can do's is really interesting, I find, because it talks about the child's needs. And this, the premise that goes with this tool says that all behavior is driven by three healthy needs, experience, connection, and power. And so what we want to actually do when we're using the say what you see tool, again, as we're practicing it, as our mind is able to feel more comfortable with it, we can start looking for what need the child is meeting in their playtime. And maybe what I'll do is I'll tell and I'll tell you an example of playtimes that we were um, doing in our home. Um, I was using these playtimes for 10 or 15 minutes in the morning before school because my youngest daughter was having tons of school anxiety, just tons of anxiety. And, um, you know, I would spend half an hour in the morning you know, trying to cajole her, trying to convince her to get ready for school. And then we started doing playtimes instead. I was like, you know what? She needs connection in the morning. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, you know, connect with her. And that's one of those three needs. Again, I'll remind you, the needs are experience, connection, and power. Those are all needs that we all are meeting all the time and their needs for growth. And so I knew I was meeting her need for connection in the playtime. But what was really interesting is going to school by herself for her was also making her feel very powerless. And so she had the need to um, meet her need for power before she went to school. And she totally did this in the playtimes. Day after day, morning after morning, we would set up these playtimes. And what she would do is she would instruct me to make cubes. So if your child instructs you to play with the Play-Doh, you can go ahead and play it and keep your focus on the child, though. She was instructing me to make cubes out of the Play-Doh. And I would make these cubes and she would smash them. She just smashed the cubes over and over again. And I would do this for 10 or 15 minutes every morning before school. And every morning that we did that, she had no problem. We live in Canada now. We have, she had no problem getting her snowsuit on in those cold winter days. She had no problem grabbing her backpack. She had no problem walking out to the van and getting in. Whereas on the mornings where we weren't doing the playtimes, it was a struggle just to get her to, to get out of her PJs in the morning. Um, she wouldn't want to eat breakfast. She definitely didn't want to put her snowsuit on. You know, it was carrying her out to the van. It was all those struggles. But again, the playtimes were allowing her to meet her needs. And so when you're using the say what you see, try to see if you can figure out what need the child is meeting. The need for experience is really, I've got this body and, and what can I deal with it? That's the one I haven't talked about. And you can see the child really meeting their need for experience when they're just really squishing the Play-Doh or poking their finger in. It doesn't look like they're trying to make anything per se, but they're really experiencing um, what it's like to play with the Play-Doh or really experiencing what it's like to to be with you, um, that's part of their experience as well. So, uh, and with the can-do's tool there, just to talk about exactly how to use it, it's for holding boundaries. And very basically, you know, you, you know what child, you figure out in your head what, what need the child is meeting. And if they're using behavior that you don't like, if they're behaving in ways you don't like, you hold your boundaries by letting them know what they can do to meet that particular need instead. You know, so if the child um, 
you know, wanted to throw the Play-Doh, you know, again, that's either experience or power throwing the Play-Doh. And so you can try to find a different way for them to meet um, whichever need it is uh, in that moment uh, by giving them a can-do, you know, you can squish the Play-Doh instead of throwing it, um, you know, or, you know, maybe they want to throw something after the playtime is over. So you can find something for them to, to throw maybe outdoors after the playtime is over. So hopefully um, that is, uh, uh, you know, a great help to your listeners there, Denise. Um, one other thing I'll note is when the timer goes off, the playtime is over. And that's another great time to be practicing boundaries with your child and just seeing how they respond to your boundaries. Um, and the, the really fun thing that I encourage people to look for is when you're holding boundaries during the playtime, if your child resists, um, first off, you can take that as a deeper message that there's something else going on with them because our kids default really is cooperative, but also pay attention to how you feel um, when they are resisting your boundaries, because that's really going to give you some insight into, you know, um, how you like how you're feeling in general in that moment, how you feel about boundaries in that moment, and give you some insights as to why you're responding to them um, in the way that you are. Because, you know, as parents, we're all meeting one of those three needs all the time, too. So when my child refuses to follow a boundary with me, I start to feel powerless then I need to meet my need for power. And this is why often parents will yell, um, you know, or do other things that they kind of regret is because that, that they feel this need to meet their need for power. And they haven't maybe necessarily found a way that they're comfortable with, a way that they like, a way that's within their boundaries to meet that need. Um, and so that's the thing that parents can be working on for themselves as well. This was so insightful. Thank you very much for your time, for your expertise. A lot of the things that you said reminded me of in the mornings when I'm in a, the rush to get my toddler ready, get him to daycare, start work, and he pushes back because he he wants that playtime. He wants that time to, like you said, experience, connect, and have a little bit of power over what we're doing. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I'm a little bit in awe, actually, of just how amazing your tips were because they're doable, right? They're, they're actions that we can take that don't take a lot of our time. And I think that's also a, a huge stressor, especially for, for moms and for, for dads too, that are, that are putting in a, a lot of the work where you're pressed for time, you're on the go and you want to have that time to connect and be intentional with your child. But you're, you're thinking, where am I going to carve that time out? And so these 15 minute blocks, it's golden. Thank you very much for your golden nugget today. It's greatly appreciated. Oh, you're so welcome, Denise. It's funny that you brought in dads too, because a lot of the times the moms that I work with, the dads get a little bit jealous <laughs> of how connected the kids seem to be getting to mom. So I always tell them like, you know, teach dad how to do it, get dad to take a few, a few tries as well um, with the playtimes. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that, that you have both parents connecting. Well, thank you so much for your time. This concludes our session for today, everyone. Thank you so much for, for joining in and for listening.